Coming to you from beautiful Cape Town, South Africa, I'm your host, Joelle Brisland. During mass downsizing, I made the switch from corporate girl to full-time online business owner and haven't looked back since. Running an online business can be overwhelming and even a little bit scary, and that's okay. But I have a secret for you. It's not as difficult as you think. And another secret, you don't have to do it alone. In this podcast, I give you the tools and confidence to start, grow, and scale your online business. Welcome to Your Beautiful Online Business. Hi, and welcome to Your Beautiful Online Business. I'm Joelle Brisland, and today I'm very excited to welcome a very special guest, Paul Scrivens, aka Scrivs. Scrivs describes himself as just a guy who has tried a lot of businesses, failed at a lot of businesses, and succeeded at a small handful. He's been building businesses, sorry, building websites, more correctly, since 2003, and he claims to be allergic to working with others. Uh, he now runs <laughs> Maker's Mob, which is intent on helping everyone in the world find the freedom that they deserve. Thank you so much for joining me today, Scrubs. I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I, I am super excited for this. Excellent. So before we uh, dive in, I just want to give a little bit of a kind of a backstory to how we know each other. So I was first introduced to Scrubs virtually in 2017. So was it way that back long when ago? it has been Whoa. it has been four years. <laughs> um I I joined up with what was then um Billionaire Blog Club. So many iterations since then. Oh yeah. <laughs> um Scribs was actually one of my very first clients and now has become a mentor. And the mentor aspect is actually a big part of why he is on today. So Scripts. Let's go back a little bit to 2003 when you were building oh. your websites. <laughs> How did that lead you to where you are today? Uh, I, I think I, I kind of fell into um, building websites in the sense where I was, I, I was going to say I was a geek. I'm still very much a geek now so but i was always on internet forums and everything and i would i would see people uh talk about html and things like that and everything and i i i I was never good with building with my hands like i always like i wanted to be a comic book artist but i didn't have the patience to draw Mm -hmm. um so then i thought i'd learn how to paint didn't have the patience for that um but i was always good with computers so like i always had i had a computer since i was like five i wanted a nintendo and my parents got me a computer instead. So I, I was just always good with computers. I was always on them. Um, and when I started messing around a little bit, it was just fast, fascinating to see that by changing just like a small thing, you can change like what's on a website. And, you know, I start messing around with things and then I was like, okay, well, let me just start, let me try to build my own webpage. So I built my own webpage, you know, back in 2000 whatever it wasn't nothing fancy back then because you don't know anything um and i was like wow like this is this is pretty fun you get to manipulate what what's being seen on the screen and it's it's in, in your head you're like oh the whole world's about to see this cool thing i did of course like nobody gets to see it unless you show it to your mom or something like that but just doing that and i was like oh this seems like something that maybe i'd want to do you know instead of every other job that i considered having and everything um because this is 
because this is like the beginning of the internet, I was, I'm still in that generation where it was go to school, get a nine to five, you know, get a traditional job. But yeah. I never, like, I just, I never knew what I wanted to do or anything. Cause I, I didn't have an experience with anything. Like I went to college and, you know, I played soccer. So I was always in the soccer and partying. And then somebody was like, okay, well, now that you're done with this part of your life, now you got to sit down at a desk and do something. And I was like, um, and, and I always had crazy imposter syndrome um, back then because I always thought I had a certain expectation that I had to live up to for my boss. And I just felt like I, I was good. This is going to sound terrible. I was good mm -hmm. at lying, at pretending I knew stuff. And so like, if you're like, hey, you know, can you explain this? I could BS my way through the whole thing, no problem. And so when they're like, okay, now you actually got to do it. I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I actually have to do it. Um, what am I supposed to do and everything? So I was like, okay, let me, go on, go on. I was going to say, so right out of college, you say you were dealing with kind of the imposter syndrome. Yes. Okay. Only because I think you said like, you, you expect the world to be crazier than it actually is and everything. And so like I had in my head, like, okay, if I'm supposed to have this nine to five and it has this salary attached to it, then there's these expectations. And the reality of it is nobody ever had any expectations for me. They're just like, all right, yeah, we'll hire you. Just learn on the go. But of course I didn't learn that until like my late twenties and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but it was also because I, when I was young, like when you go through school, if, if you're, if you're decent at school, it's like you go along and everything's kind of easy. And then you hit this part in your life where just some things you just don't know and it's not easy. And so I think some people, and this is what I include myself, some people still wanna feel like everything's easy. So they lie to themselves about certain things. And it gets to the point where you're like, wow, I am lying to myself, but they don't know that, but they, they think I'm good at something and I'm really not oh my gosh, what have I set myself up for? And so then you have to like this crazy imposter syndrome uh, that you're like, I'm going to be found out one day. Um, but yeah, and, and, and never, it never really works out that way and everything. But imposter syndrome is, is one of the worst things in the world. It, it sucks. Um, it really does. So. It, just, it holds you back so much um, it does. from doing what you actually do have the ability to do. <laughs> right, right. And, and if anybody's wondering how I got over it, um, I just got older. <laughs> There's no, there was no exercise or anything like that. I just got older and I just kept on learning more. Um, because I was like, if I feel like I'm an imposter with this, whatever the, the skill or thing was, then I might as well just continue to learn it until I'm just like, okay, I know enough about this where I, I don't necessarily feel like an imposter, um, anymore. Mm -hmm. So, so it's something that never really fully goes away. Uh, no, I mean, the mi my mindset stuff sucks. Our brains, our brains suck. Um, our, it, it, it's a, it's amazing. Like I never understood how powerful the mind was until I start working on my own businesses. And what would happen was, and this is one of the good things about the online world is you get to see the success of others and you get to see how other people are doing things right in front of you and everything. So you see this happening and you're like, well, they're doing it, I can do it and everything. And it's not like there's any like crazy secrets about how to build a business or anything. And so you say, you know what? I'm going to sit down and I'm going to start doing this business. And so you start working on it and then you start going 
you start doing all this mindset roadblocks. You're like, oh, am I really good enough for this? Can I do this? Should I start procrastinating on this? And you just come up with a million things. And then every once in a while, you go back on social media and you look at that other person that you're looking at before. And you're like, well, that person's still succeeding and they're still not doing anything that I can't do. Why can't I do it? And it's, you know, it's, and it's just everything that we just build up in our mind and everything. And it's, and it's absolute killer. What I found really interesting is that at each kind of like major income level, many people are still essentially dealing with imposter syndrome, but just as feeling like an imposter at that level. Right. I've, I've heard from many people, it just never goes away, but it's just, it's just kind of, you're dealing with slightly different things each time. Right. But yeah. So like there's, there's a, um, so, so we're, we're in a mastermind together. We have um, this wonderful person, Rachel Fairchild, who does makes a healthy amount of money selling freezer milk guides. And she, she's, she's great at Facebook ads and, you know, every month she's making over $10,000 a month. And there'll be times where I try to push her and I'm like, well, you know, Rachel, like raise your price or, or do this. And she always is hesitant and everything. And I'm like, how can you be hesitant? Because you're succeeding on all this other stuff. And it's just, it seems like no matter what, like no matter what level we go to, our brain is like, okay, cool. You got rid of those mindset things. Well, I'm gonna introduce a whole new set of mindset issues that now you have to overcome if you wanna go to the next level all over again and everything. Um, so yeah, you can pretend that success is gonna change things, but you'll you, mentally you'll find something new um, that you have to overcome and, and hold you back. But I mean, that's just something you gotta deal with. This actually, uh, we've kind of skipped your story. I don't wanna come back to okay. that still. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, terrible with, I'm terrible with my storytelling. <laughs> I, I, I can finish it up real, real quick. Um, and, so, and so I started, so I got this job after college being a recruiter where I'm supposed to find a business and say, this business has this open position. And then I'm supposed to call around and see if I can fill that position. I'm, I'm not a person that talks on the phone. I've never been a person that talks on the phone. So I told my boss, again, this is like, I was able to get hired for this job. But then I told my boss, uh, I see you have like, I see you don't really have a website. I could build a website for you. I, I, and I never built a website for anybody else. But I'd rather have done that than talk to people on the phone. And so it was like, which which do I feel most uncomfortable with? And I was like, way more uncomfortable talking to people on the phone than I was saying, oh, I can build a website for you, even though I've never done it for anybody. So I, I did that. And then I started blogging to help myself um, learn web design, because I figured if I write about stuff, what, what I'm learning, that will help me do it. And so um, my writing style and my personality was kind of different than every other web designer in that blogging scene back then. So people started paying attention to me just because I was different. And so that kind of blew up and I was like, wow, like I'm, you know, it wasn't like anything crazy, but I was like, wow, I'm getting like 500 people a day to my blog. And these are people from all over the world and they're sending me emails. And I'm like, this is so awesome. And I was like, so I had this one job where I'm getting paid $7 and 50 cents. Well, this thing I was doing for free, I'm getting people all over the world telling me how awesome I am and asking me, can I build their websites for them? And I'm like, why, why, why am I working for the for, for this person over here? I could, I, I didn't even know this was possible. Like people will pay me to do this kind of stuff. And so I started taking on some clients, um, completely undercharging, terrible, terrible at charging people. So that was another, like one of those hurdles. I was like, oh, uh, they're like, can you build this big website for me? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do it for $200. Like, that's, that's like, that's, it's like ridiculous stuff that I was doing back then. Um, and then I just kept on blogging. I just, you know, 
I, I, I kept on building bigger audiences and, and those kind of things. And it, it's not that I found like great success back then, but what it did is open my eyes to like what is possible. And so I, I just thought, man, I have access to everybody in the world and everything. And all I have to figure out is how to make money from this. And so that just always stayed in my head. So I wasn't really good at it back then. Um, so eventually I had to get a job, another job, but having that job, it just, it just stayed in my head. Like I, I can't, I can't work for somebody else because there's so much, there's so much potential for me to do something else out there. Like I just always felt constrained, um, with a boss and everything. And then over time, I, I'm, I'm very selfish person. And so what really like pushed me over the edge was, um, I'm really working hard for you and I'm doing good stuff, but I'm making you way more rich than I can me and everything. It's like my, the, the amount of money I can make with you is a ceiling and everything. And if I want to make more, then I have to go to another company and I don't want it. That seems like a waste of that's That's a big hassle. Like I don't want to have to keep on applying for new jobs every time I want to increase the amount of money I can make and all that. And so I was like, well, let me try this again. And then there's about 50,000 businesses that I kept on trying, uh, that just kept on failing and, you know, but I, I kept on learning things along the way. And then now, now we're here. So sorry for that terrible, long, boring story, everyone. I'm sure there's more interesting parts somewhere in there. It gives gives a good backdrop to to kind of get us to the the now we're here part. So I mentioned earlier about how one of the kind of the biggest reasons I wanted to bring you on here was as your your role as a a mentor. Um, largely whether you like it or not, you are a mentor to very very. <laughs> many... <laughs> I, I was just thinking, oh, that, that, that's a that's a strong word. <laughs> many online business owners and aspiring online business owners um, especially within the community that you have um, that you have grown so this gives you kind of a very unique perspective so you've got you know there's there's so many blogging courses online business courses um, and all related but there there aren't many people who could teach you from the aspect of being so involved on a day day-to-day -day basis with so many online business owners and aspiring online business owners. So your perspective is quite um, quite unique in, in that aspect. Um, so could you tell me a little bit more about the community that you have um, grown and developed yeah. over the last few years? Um, first, going back to imposter syndrome real quick, if you want to get over it, just have somebody like Joelle say how awesome you are and, get in, and, and help bring out your accomplishments. And then you're like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not that bad at all and everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, our, our, our community is, is interesting because my, the, the stuff I do, I think the difficulty, not the difficulty, but the interesting thing about how we do things is that people get to see that I'm constantly learning and everything. And so if you started with me at the very beginning, it's a totally different community and structure now. And that's not because I was like, oh, let me just change things to change things. It was always because... I still have to learn myself and I have to push myself. And so what happens is if you're in my community, whether you like it or not, you're coming along with me on this ride and everything. And so I think that's one of the interesting aspects of, of being part of the community is not only are you learning from other people, but you're learning from my own 
mistakes and my own successes and how I'm trying to grow. Um, and so I think that's why I, I like doing it in that way because I still want to maintain that perspective that the people in my community are going through because it would be very easy for me to say, okay, well, you know, I've done anything. I kind of have this figured out. Um, let me just sit back and just give advice and everything. But because I constantly see new people join, they go through their struggles. I, I need to make sure that I understand why they're having those struggles, why, why they're thinking they have to do this thing instead of that thing, or, or why they keep on hitting certain roadblocks and everything. And so um, I, I, I just love the community because I, I love the aspect of just being able to learn from everybody else and everything. Um, I can I can keep on learning myself, but when you have you know hundreds of people that are also learning and sharing their experiences and everything, it feels it feels like a cheat code um, for me that I get to see like oh okay like I, I feel like I feel like I own thousands of businesses essentially just because everybody keeps on sharing um, what they're going through and it's it's awesome to see everybody evolve together. It's like a like a hive mind. You can access all of the brains at once. Yes, yes, yes. It's amazing. Um, based on what you've seen with your um, your members, so uh, you've got kind of like members of, of various stages, once you haven't started, once you're kind of struggling to start in the beginning stages, and then you've got those who are making that kind of consistent regular income. Um, if you had to kind of look at the the members who are making, say like, say like around three to $5,000 a month consistently, what commonalities would you say that they have between them that separate them from those who are struggling to make a consistent income? There, there are a, a couple of traits. And the first trait is you just have to be decisive in taking action. Um, one of the biggest hurdles for the people who are struggling is that they don't get started on anything. And what happens is they just sit there thinking and they're like, well, I'm not sure if I should do this or I should do this. And they just kept on keep on finding things that they believe they have to figure out before they do anything at all. And the reality of it is, as you grow your business, everything's gonna keep on changing anyways. It doesn't matter how well you plan it out. There's gonna be something where you go, ah, you know what? I actually don't like that direction. I'm gonna go in a different direction. But that only occurs when you make the decision to take some type of action and everything. And so the people that are making the money, that is the first step. The second step after taking the action is getting stuff out there as much as possible because you need some type of feedback loop where you get something out there, you see if it works or not. And if it doesn't work, then at least you know it didn't work and now you have to figure out why it didn't work and then you can make adjustments. If it did work, then you get to move on to the next thing. I think we're so used as adults to doing something and knowing that we're gonna get a specific result that when we start our businesses, we kind of think, well, okay, I just have to make sure I do these 10 steps in this exact order, and this is exactly what's going to happen and everything. And so we kind of lose that. Like when, when, you, look at, when you look at children, children don't know what's going to happen, but they're just like, I have to find out, like, let me see. And that's how they learn and everything. And we kind of, I don't know if we lose that because of the, the school system or our jobs or what, but we lose that. And as an entrepreneur, you just have to have that mindset of, well, I need to find out what's going to happen. And the only way I'm gonna do that is by getting it out there. Like I hope, I hope I get it right the first time. Like I hope the thing that I want happens on the first try, but if it doesn't, then at least I know 
what I just did wasn't the right way to go about it. So let me try a different way and everything. Um, and then the third trait is just being consistent, just showing up. Uh, because if you could do those first two things and then you can just show up every day, then it's, it's eventually going to work out. Like you, you know, you see a lot of the, um, a lot of the entrepreneurial mindset people, they're always like, just show up every day and it'll eventually work. Well, that only applies if you're getting stuff out the door and seeing what's working and what's, what, what's not working and, you know, making, taking decisive action and all that. Like I said, if you do those first two things, then showing up every day, yeah, eventually you're going to figure it out and everything. And that's, that's literally the only difference. It, it never comes down to specific tactics or anything like that. It's not like one person is using YouTube and another person is using Instagram or anything like that. Um, in our community, we have people that make money selling knitting patterns, people selling cricket patterns, people selling freeze mill guides, people selling weight loss plans, people selling budgeting things. Like, so it's, it's never the actual thing that they're doing that makes the difference. It's just the fact that they're able to get stuff out there and say, let's see if this works out or not. From what it seems like the first two traits you mentioned, um, the uh, just making a decision and going with it and then just putting things out there and having those feedback loops. It seems like really what is holding people back is, is themselves. So like, a, like yeah. largely con confidence, basically. Yeah, it's, 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 I think there's there's a growth mindset and there's fixed mindset where the fixed mindset has to be, I'm looking at the reward at, at what's going to happen. So I have to do everything right. So I get that reward and everything. The growth mindset is more, I know the rewards out there and eventually I'll get to it, but let me see what happens and just let me just enjoy the process and the journey and everything. I think one thing that you have to try to bring back into your life as an entrepreneur is, is curiosity. Like you just have to be curious to see, oh, what's going to happen when I try this? You know, what's going to be happen? What's going to happen when I do this? Um, I mean, this podcast is a perfect example. I, I you know, you, you told me you, you want to do more podcasts and I'm just curious. And I'm like, you know, I get my curiosity coming up. I'm like, yes, you got to do it. And it's more like, cause I'm curious. I'm just like, I want to see what happens and everything. <laughs> and I think, I think as an entrepreneur, when you just become curious and you just have that curiosity, like, I just have to see what happens if I do this. Like I, I have to do it and everything. Then it kind of switches. It, it becomes more of a positive mindset versus uh, I hope I'm doing the right thing because I don't want to fail and everything. And so you, you can't really see anything as failing um, because to me, failing is just giving up on, on the journey. Like if, if you just say, I'm never doing this again, that, that is failing. But otherwise everything just has to be some type of learning experience and everything, um, which, which can be difficult in the online world because the people we look up to, especially on social media, they never seem to share their mishaps or their mistakes or their obstacles. It's always, well, this week I made $5,000, you know, this month I made a hundred thousand. So what happens is when you're looking at them from the outside, you're going, wow, they do everything right. Like they yes, never, yeah. they never mess up. And so you subconsciously start to think, well, that means that I probably don't have to mess up at all and everything. And so it'd be great if like more people shared all their mishaps and all that kind of stuff. I probably share more. I, I probably share too many of the mishaps. I probably have people going, Oh, this doesn't sound fun at all. Like, I don't want to do, I don't want to build a business at all. Like, no way. And everything. So I have to be, I have to be careful of that. 
Yeah, you don't want to kind of almost almost put people off or scare them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Just don't worry, for the rest of your life, you're going to screw up and maybe one day you'll make money and everything. Yeah, that's that's not the, the message I'm trying to convey here. You want, like, so you, you, you want to encourage people to kind of keep trying and even if things don't necessarily work, um, how do you know when, so not necessarily to look at it as a failure, but how do you know when to stop? How do you know when it's not working? And that's a very vague that's, question. I don't know that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a super <laughs> tough question. Um, well, let, let, I'll break it into two parts. There's some people where they go, they, they come to me and they say, you know, I've, I've been trying this for X amount of time, let's say two years. Should I just give up? And I say, well, it, it depends on if you feel like that hunger is still there and you feel like you can do it. If you can do it, then you have to you have to try to figure out like what's not working right now because what happens is and this goes back to the feedback loops a lot of people just put their head down and they just do the same thing for like two years straight and they're like well i keep on doing this and it's not working and i'm like well you got to change something like you got to try something different and they're like no i'm going to keep on doing this exact same thing for two years and it's like that doesn't make sense yeah. and they, they, they keep so with, with as an entrepreneur there has to be it, it literally has to be like an science experiment i am going to try this within this amount of time and i think this is what's going to happen if this is not if this doesn't happen in this period of time then i need to make an adjustment to it and everything um but yeah you, you do have to be careful because there will be people you go to who will, and you'll say you know, should I stop doing this? And they'll go, no, you gotta, you know, keep on pursuing your dream and keep on going forward without giving you any like strategic or tactical advice about what you should change um, with that kind of stuff. And, and that's why uh, with you know, my students and our community, I, I broke it down into uh, what I like to call the pocket business framework, where I just said, you know, these are the four things you just have to make sure you do all the time is get people to notice you, get them to pay attention, get them to trust you and then convert that trust into money. That's what you just got to focus on. So everything that you do just has to apply to one of those steps. If you're doing something that does not apply to one of those steps, then you're probably not going to get anywhere and everything. So I, I just think a lot of people struggle with, should I, should I quit only because they don't exactly know what they should be doing or what they should be looking for and everything. So that's, um, Actually, very great advice, especially for the people that are kind of in the very beginning stages. So if we had to kind of take the same perspective in terms of, of changing and knowing when to change your, your direction. Right. So when you are already successful. So I'm asking you this specifically because I know that even when you have been doing really well, you have, have seen issues or potential issues and completely changed direction. Even um, I would say with the the unhappiness of, of some of your members in the space <laughs> <laughs> causing, <laughs> causing everyone quite a lot of stress. When your business kind of has got to a certain level, um, would you know it's different for everyone. It does become part of your identity. How yes. do you how do you make changes without kind of I don't know how to how to phrase this, but like, how do you get comfortable well, with making those changes without kind of being too attached to to your business is kind of part of who you are the way that you, you, you're running it now if that makes sense yeah no it makes perfect and that's i think with me it's a little easier 
only because of what our business is. We're in the business of helping people make money. And so whenever we make a change, it's in our minds for the benefit of everybody to help them actually make more money in the long term and everything. And so my identity is based around that. How can I help you make more money? My identity is never going to be based around a technique or how, how something's done and everything. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's like, let's say I own a pizza parlor and everything. It, I, I can either base my, myself and my brand around the experience that I want people to have, or I can base it around my cooking technique. Some people were like, I'm never changing my recipe. You know, I'm never doing this. You know, the, our, our restaurant's going to stay looking like it was for the next 50 years, no matter what. But if, if my goal is just to say, I want you to have the best dining experience possible, then I'm always going to be looking for better things to do and everything. And so I, I, I think it just comes down to, is your why attached to continuously finding that answer? Because for me, trying to help people make money, I don't think there's ever going to be a best answer. And so that's why I'm just always in search of it. Like, okay, is there something we can do better? Is there something we can do better and everything? And so for me, I actually want my identity to be more attached to who, oh, like he's always looking, like he's always trying something better for us to help us push forward and everything. And so when we do make changes, you're right. There's some people that are like, I don't like this because I was, I, my mindset is I want to do it like this and everything. Yeah. Why are you changing? <laughs> and, and some people think like we change just to change. And I want to explain to them, no, like I, I'm changing because I think this is going to be better for you. You might not believe me yet, but in the long term, you know, you'll see it. And, and some people go, you know what? You're totally wrong. I'm leaving you. I'm going to go to, you know, another teacher that is going to teach the way I want to teach. And that's fine and everything. But I, I, I can't help. I, I can't detach myself from trying to help you get the best result. And so that, that can't be me thinking, all right, everything I've created is perfect and there's no way to improve it and everything. And so I rather, again, I rather you come to me going, well, he might change everything tomorrow, but at least he's changing it to help me out and everything instead of just changing it to change it. So, so if you'll focus kind of more on, more on the why than, than the how. Right then you yeah, kind of be able to make those changes a bit easier. It's, it, 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 right. It's very similar to like some, some person will create a video around whatever and they'll go, wow, this video is great. And then someone else copies that video and they get upset. They're like, oh my God, you copied my idea. Thing, I, the ideas don't matter. Like that, that, like you have to figure out what you're going to be attached to with your business. I'm attached. And then I think this should be the philosophy for everyone. I'm attached to... I'm just, I'm, I don't refer to them as customers, but let's, let's just call them customers. So everybody understands I'm attached to serving my customers in the best way possible and everything. And when you're doing that, then you're never attached to your, how your methodology, your framework, whatever you're, whatever you're selling and stuff like that. Um, so it's, I, it's, I think it's very much like Apple. Like people are like, why do Apple keep on, you know, upgrading certain things. Why can't they just keep things a certain way? And it's just like, okay, because we want to provide a better experience and we're just continuously hunting down, hunting that down and everything. And we'll never find it, but it doesn't mean we can't pursue it and everything. So. Okay, now that, that makes sense. 
I'm gonna have to record that answer. I like I like that. I never I never said that out loud. I'm gonna have to have to keep that one around and everything. So anytime I'll send I make you the it, transcript, then you have it ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and anytime I make a change, I'm gonna be like, watch this five minute clip before you before you respond to my emails, please, and and, and yell at me. <laughs> um, now changing kind of focus a little bit in terms okay. of um, trying trying to get everything done and doing all things. Um, so running an online business, especially like if, if, if you're doing it alone, it involves just so much creating content, yeah. you know, working with your students, trying to grow a social media presence for, um, for online business owners who are at already kind of earning a consistent level. So not kind of brand new to the game, but say they're earning consistently like 5,000 a month. What should they be focusing on and spending their time on? There, there comes a there comes a time where you have to start looking at your business as a child and not a pet, and and what I mean by that is when we first start, we want to do everything, which makes sense because you're doing it on your own and everything, and so because you're doing it on your own, everything is relying on you. Um, you can only bring in new people if you're on social media. You know, you can only please your current people if you're updating your content. Um, or if you have clients, you always have to be in, in contact with your clients and everything. Once you get to a certain income level and you're like, okay, you know, I, I feel a little comfortable with this. You, you have to take a step back and you have to look at all the different tasks that require you and you have to decide, does this task still need to happen? If yes, do I need to be the one that has to do this task and everything? And if not, okay, how can I outsource it? How can I offload it or anything? Um, if you're like, no, there's no way I, I can outsource it because I have to do it, then it becomes, okay, how can I make this a system that I can systematize something in some way to make this easier on me? Um, I think the most difficult thing for me is that I would love to not do anything besides just talk to people. Like I would, that would, I, that's what I would, I would just love to do and everything, but I'm not at that level yet, not because of the income, but because it's hard for me to put down on paper what I expect from someone else to do it and everything, because mm -hmm. I'm always, I don't want to be that person where if I say, all right, go on and do this task. I'm going to sit there looking over your shoulder the whole time anyways, because then that's, then the, the defeats the purpose. Like I'm not saving yes. myself time and everything. So until I am better at communicating what I want and what I expect, then I probably can't offload certain things. Um, I do know once we get to like a certain, like, I'm just gonna make up a number here. Let's say when we do get up to six figures a month, then I, I want to treat the business more as a child and what I mean by that is I want to think if I left for three months, will my business keep on growing? Will my business still be making money or will my business completely fall apart and everything? Okay. Uh, right. You know, because yeah. you, you raise a child, you have to be there for the child, but at a certain point you can leave the it child at school. home by themselves. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like they, they, they're okay on their own for a little bit without, without you panicking and everything, but with the pet, like you always have to be there for the pet mm -hmm. and everything. And so like a decade from now, if I'm still doing this, I don't want to have a pet where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm stressing whenever I'm not around the computer or anything like that. So 
it doesn't really matter what income you level you're at. As you just keep on growing, just start to look at stuff and be like, you know, one, do I need to do this? Two, if yes, can I offload it in some way? Um, is there a software that I can use? Uh, I think at the very beginning, a lot of people go like, I don't want to use, I don't want to spend money on any software. They're like, I'm just going to yeah. do everything manually, <laughs> right? I'm going to do everything manually. And then, then you got to, but then you got to decide to yourself like, okay, now I'm making, we'll use Pinterest, for example. Like people are like, I'm just going to manually pin because I don't want to spend money on Tailwind. I'll just say Tailwind. Then you got to make a decision. Okay. Now that I'm making thousand dollars a month, should you be using Tailwind where you can schedule stuff and then that'll allow you to spend more time on something else? Or are you going to just say, nope, I've got it this far doing manual pinning. So I'm going to keep on doing it, right? There, there comes a time where your time is better spent doing something else to grow your business than it is those little things and everything. And so just every, I would say at the end of every month or every two months, just take a step back and say, these are all the things that I do every day for my business. And, and just take inventory and see like what can be improved and what can be systematized, what can be offloaded and go from there. What would you prefer to be outsourcing first, kind of as a, as a first level? Some type of, well, for, for me, I can, I will, I'll just, the very first thing I did was community management and everything. And so like I brought on Mary Beth because if I was going to grow this community, to grow a, a strong community, it takes a lot of time and effort. Mm -hmm. um, the community is a community is basically a, a pet on its own and everything where you just have to be there. Um, the pet might sometimes be like, I wanna sleep. Like, no, we're gonna play, we're gonna get some exercise. So you have to keep on encouraging everything. And so the community was not going to be necessarily based around me and my brand and everything. So I didn't need to, to always be around it and everything. So that's, I brought Mary Beth around. Um, if, if Mary Beth wasn't around and you didn't have a community, then I would also, then the first one I would do would be like some type of customer service or someone that to monitor my emails and everything. So I'm not constantly looking at emails and having to remember to respond to emails and stuff like that. I would have somebody actually go through and say, okay, Scribs probably needs to, to read this email, respond, or Scribs doesn't need to bother with this email. Yeah. Um, the last thing I can tell you, the last thing that I would probably give up is the outreach stuff. And I don't know if I would ever give that up simply because for me, the outreach and the engagement is based around me. Like people are gonna- say, So when you say outreach, what specifically are you referring to? So we'll just say like social media. Okay. Uh, that's probably a better example. Like if, if I'm going to go out there and interact with people on social media, I can't do it just as a brand. I have to do it as me and everything. And yes. I, I, I feel fully, I have a firm belief that one-on-one -on -one engagement with people on social media where you're leaving thoughtful comments um, and, and things like that can't be duplicated to someone else and everything. Like I can't, I can't tell someone else, well, I want you to go leave 10 thought, thoughtful comments on the biggest influence on Instagram every day. That person is not going to sound like me. That person is not going to understand my philosophy with certain things, no matter how, how well I teach them, they're just not going to represent me and everything. Um, but there are other forms of outreach that I would do off. Like I would say, okay, you know, I'm gonna write our ad copy. Now someone go manage the ads and everything. And I don't need to sit there saying how the ads are performing and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, so basically anything that I feel like I have to be represented with my voice, I'm, I'm probably never gonna let go and everything. But anything else, uh, then yeah, I, I have no problem with that and everything. Especially in today's world where, you're, where your brand is you. Yes. Yeah. 
and yeah, everything. So you have, yeah, you have to be you. It's interesting that you were saying how you would ideally like to just spend your days talking to people, but your first hire was a community manager to talk to people. <laughs> um, how did you kind of approach that of, of bringing someone into your business where up until that point, um, it was just you and they are now interacting as part of your brand? I, I am very much, and I think most entrepreneurs say this, I'm very much a control freak. Mm -hmm. um, but I realized I'm not a control freak because I think everything has to be done a certain way. Um, and I, I touched on this point earlier. I'm a control freak because I just don't know what I expect yet or what I want with things. And so I always have to look over I'm like, ah, you know, let's do it like that. I want to do it like that. Um, when, when I brought Mary Beth on board, it was because I still needed, we weren't doing paid ads. So the only way we were bringing people in is if I was going out there writing blog posts, going out there, engaging with people and everything. And so the thought was, if, am I going to spend a majority of my time interacting with people that are already here? Or am I going to spend the time trying to get people into us and everything? Um, and the beautiful thing and uh, the, the wonderful thing about Mary Beth is that she was a member. So she was with us for, she was with me, I shouldn't say us because there was no us. She was with me for a good six months and she was interacting in the community. She had a feel for everything. Um, she knew my approach. Um, we would DM all the time and, and talk about stuff. So she basically knew this stuff. So there was no onboarding process okay. and everything. Um, so that's, that, that probably makes it a little different than what other people would just strictly try to hire. Because of the experience I have in Marybeth, I don't know if I could just go out and hire somebody from the outside. Like, I don't know if I could say, all right, let's have an interview and I interview you and then I hire you. And then I don't know what would happen. I'd be terrified probably because I'd be like, oh my God, I got to like teach you so much stuff and everything. So I would, I would love if every person I hire to grow this business started off within our community in some way and everything, just so they understood um, not only the vibe of the community, uh, but more importantly, how much of a pain in the butt I am to work with and everything. Like you gotta, you, you can't work with me. If you don't like me, it's not gonna work out whatsoever. So you kind of have to understand who I am uh, to, to really enjoy working with me. And if they're in your community already, you know that they've got kind of that similar worldview and approach to business um, already, you know, that you have. So there's kind of that connection. So you know that right. they approach things in a similar manner. Right. It's very cliche, but when, when I bring somebody on board, so, you know, I have Mary Beth and I have my brother. I, I expect them to have an entrepreneurial mindset where they just, they have an idea and they go out and run with it. And the reason I want that is because I, 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 and I, and I tell them this, this is like, I can't look after everything. I can't run every experiment. I don't, I don't want to have to think about, oh, maybe we should try this. Or maybe we should try this. I want you guys to go, huh, you know, like, our analytics over here are looking kind of low. Let me try something new. Let me try something else. And they have that permission to just run with things. And I tell them, I was like, there's nothing you can break. Like, you know, you can't, you can't do anything wrong here. So just go out and, and see what happens and everything. And so like, if, if you can't bring that to the table, then yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't work with you because I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible manager. I think I'm a good, like I'm a good leader where I, I can inspire you and, and, I, and I can boost you up and everything, but like managing you and being like, okay, you know, are you doing this task? Have you done this and everything? It's um, nah, I'm 
beyond terrible with that. And and you know that because you'll you'll send me stuff and I'm like, ah, yeah, I'll get to it at some point and everything. Like I I'm 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 just no, I'm I'm not good at that part. So moving on to a kind of a, a new topic. So the world of online business is full of kind of misconceptions, misunderstandings of that. What is one kind of common myth about running an online business that you would like to debunk? Oh, uh, the, the problem is not going to find one. But the problem is I have too many. Um, <laughs> Let's go with the most annoying one. <laughs> that it takes more time than you think and everything. Um, and, and this is kind of a, a hurdle that a lot of people have to overcome is they think there are a lot of different moving pieces that they have to put together to make something really, really work and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you're starting off, it's essentially you just have to find the one person you're talking to, um, the one outcome they want, what is the one problem that is preventing them from getting that outcome, and then offer a solution to it. And so if you're like, okay, I just have to keep those things in mind, then all you do every day is let me go out and find that person. Let me try to find that person. But what happens is people see other people have like these websites up and uh, these intricate funnels and everything. And they're like, well, you know, I can't really get started until I get my website, which means I got to learn all the technical stuff. Um, I want to, then I also got to learn how to design and okay, well, how am I, how am I going to handle my logo? Oh, I hear I got to get email set up and I'm supposed to have some type of funnel. Now I got to learn, like people get so bogged down with thinking they have to learn all the technology and all that kind of stuff. And, and they kind of remove themselves from like, what are the, just the basics of running an online business? Like, what do I need and everything? So like, you should be able to just go out there and just talk to people and say, Hey, I can help you. Here's my PayPal, or I'll send you an invoice. And, you know, you can just get started like that and everything. But because people talk about systems and, 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 and you, and you, you have systems and everything. So I'm saying people, people are, probably be a little more advanced when they come to Joel and everything. But I think I don't want people to be overwhelmed with the idea that there's a lot of stuff that they have to do mm. and everything just to get started and everything. Um, yeah, over time, have a great website, have your funnels in place, all that kind of stuff. But don't don't think that those have to be there to, to actually move forward with anything. I was going through my email newsletters yesterday um, and I came across a story in one where they were... Um talking about a, a client that was wanting to start her, her online business. And she was like giving herself, I think up, up to six months, like just to prepare it before taking on her first client. And I was reading this and I was like, I was feeling so shocked. And then I, like, I thought back to kind of when, when I was starting and I also had that same view of like, I need to get everything ready before realizing like, all I need to do is have one client do work for them and they pay me that's how how you start like like you said you know do the work invoice them and then you're in business right it's an impossible thing to teach is the fact that no matter what things are going to change along the way like Mm -hmm. like no matter what and so it, it literally does not matter how deep you plan stuff and everything it's just you can plan a couple steps ahead but i see i see people going like so far beyond and everything um it's 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 crazy uh like i got an email the other day where this guru was like well you know this is what you're gonna do you're gonna sit down and you're gonna come up with a five-year business plan i was like do you know how much stuff changes in five years that's that's insane like it, it makes no like have have like a five-year goal 
but like an actual plan, like you, you're going to find out after like the first two weeks, like you're going to look at your plan yeah. and be like, <laughs> like, like this, <laughs> this is done. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. So it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I spent years trying to get a business started, but the only thing that worked was literally joining up work and starting work and that developed yeah. into a, a business. Like you say, things right. change all the time. So trying to get everything yeah. set up from the very beginning is really just a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People aren't gonna believe me when I say it, but if you say it, then there's there's way more authority behind it. So I'm glad you I'm glad you said it. What is one thing that people misunderstand about you? <laughs> <laughs> besides besides everything, um, I, I think people because I'm I'm very outgoing. You know, I, I talk with a lot of confidence, so I think people think I'm not scared about things. And even though I make quick decisions and I take action, there's a lot of times I'm, I'm absolutely terrified about stuff, but there's never, there's never come a time where I've been terrified about doing something with my business. And then I just waited, hoping to overcome the fear. It's always been, well, you know, I got to take some type of action. And that's the, literally the only time the fear is overcome. Um, it just doesn't work where I'm just sitting there going, all right, well, three weeks later, I'm still scared. I don't know what to do and everything. Um, but there's there's a lot of things where I'll find myself procrastinating. And when I find myself procrastinating, that's when I know I'm, I'm a little bit scared about something. And so I kind of have to take a step back and be like, okay, you know, why are you scared? Uh, give myself a little pep talk and be like, okay, we, we just, we just got to go out and do it and everything. And so I, I, again, I think like it's, it's no matter what level you're at, you're going to be hesitant about doing s some new things. You know, there's a lot of new, I'm, I'm kind of used to just doing new things now and, and trying them, but we talked about like that imposter syndrome creeps in here and there. Um, that fear still creeps in here and there just because, you know, you're human. You don't stop being human the more successful you get and, and everything. It's just, it's just how you're going to be and whatnot. So it just kind of comes down to just, doing the things just yeah getting them out yeah yeah like and mary beth says like she hates that about me is that i'll just be like she'll 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 come up with an idea she actually came up with an idea the other day and i was like okay let's do it she's like no we got to talk about this and i'm like no if we if we start thinking about this we're gonna we're gonna start thinking about like all things that can go wrong mm -hmm. and everything and I, and I think that's that's one of the challenges is that it's very easy as a business owner to think about what can go wrong and when we start focusing on that we kind of lose track of like what can go right. And so when I get excited about something and I'm like, well, this has the potential to do this, then I'm like, well, I'm going with it. Let's just go with it. I don't, I don't, I don't care what could go wrong and everything. I just, I just want to see if I can get that right thing to happen. So before we finish up, I would uh, like to know from you, what three books would you recommend to my audience oh, and why? One is definitely uh, growth mindset by, and I totally forget her name, but she's the, she's the original person that came up with the concept of the growth versus fixed mindset. It's, it, it's not that like, it's a whole new concept, but she actually put it into words and yeah. everything. Um, yeah. I totally, totally apologize for not remembering this and everything. The, the second one, I am totally forgetting all my author's names and I have all my books. So Seth, Seth, um, Seth Godin. So he has a book, The Art of Marketing or 
something about marketing. And I mean, he has a ton of books, but it's, pre- mm-hmm. it's pretty much like the art of marketing or, or something. And the concept that I loved about that was, and a lot of people have this misconception. They hate, they hate that. They say, I hate the idea of selling. I don't like marketing. And for them, it feels like very scummy and slimy and everything. And that, and that's because they've come across tactics that make them feel that way. But, and, and this book, what he does is he explains how marketing when done correctly is all about serving your audience. And so, you know, you're doing yourself an injustice, like, you know, you can help people you're doing yourself and them at the service by not making sure they know you exist and everything. And so it, it just changed my perspective on what marketing can be and how marketing should be and everything. We can get those, the proper titles and put them in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get all the details. Uh, there's a, the bor- the, I think it, I want to say it's called the boron letters and it's, it's, it's by this copywriter's son. So the copywriter himself is Gary Halbert. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the, the greatest copywriters of all time and everything. And it, it's just, it's, it's based on the 70s and 80s direct mail marketing and everything. But I, I truly believe as an entrepreneur, your most important skill that you can learn is copywriting. And the idea behind what words you can use to actually sell something. And it helps you understand how to get into the mind of the person that you're trying to sell to and just how you can't just say anything. It's how certain words have an effect on you and, and what you need to present yourself and everything. So that, that would be the third one. Um, but basically any good book on copywriting that you can get your hands across, I think everybody um, should read because if, if you can't sell yourself or sell your business, then you're going to sit there going, well, I know I post every day on Instagram and I have this funnel set up and nobody's buying. Well, it's because you're not doing a good job selling and everything. Well, so. even in Instagram, you would be using copywriting just to get people to, to kind right. of read more and to follow you. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a universal skill that just has to be applied everywhere. Thank you for that. Um, I'm going to be adding that to my, my Amazon <laughs> wish list. <laughs> um, and where can our listeners connect with you online? On TikTok, right now you can find me on Struggle College, uh, Twitter, Struggle College, Instagram, a pocket business, and on YouTube. If you just search for pocket business, I should come up. I totally forget what the name is on YouTube. Um, and for website, if you just go to pocketbusiness.com, that that would be probably the one your listeners want to go to. Even though there's multiple ones, but that that'd be the one um, they should go to. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for your for your time and for joining me today. It has been really, really awesome talking with you. Hey, thank you. Thank you for not falling asleep. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for staying awake and uh, actually, (laughs) actually letting me talk and everything. It It was great. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss future episodes. And if you find this podcast valuable, I'd love for you to share it with friends. Until next time.